Let's face it, living takes guts and living a full life takes a lot of guts. The Igniting Courage podcast is the place you can come to get a blast of courage from real people clawing their way through life just like you are. We'll talk about big courage, little daily courage, and you'll hear people's opinions on how to build courage and how to summon it when you're about to panic, punch the nearest person in the face so they won't chase you, and run as fast as you can. So welcome. I'm glad you had the guts to show up for this conversation. In this episode, episode six, I talked to my friend Francois. He was one of my group exercise instructors when I worked at the gym company in New York City and has since moved down to Florida. So we've got some awesome things to talk about here. Just an inspiring stage of life that I think you all are going to like hearing about. And honestly, his philosophy on courage and where it comes from is perfect for this time of year in the holidays. So happy holidays and enjoy episode six of Igniting Courage podcast with Francois Ratzel. Well, hey, Francois, thank you so much for jumping on the phone with me tonight. How you doing? I am super. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> thank you for taking the time. It's funny as I think about my friends and who I think, you know, in, in circumstantial life, is yeah. very, having to be very courageous right now. You always kind of pop into my head, so I was like, let's get him on the show. Um, so uh, what does courage mean to you, just in general? Oh, courage. You know, I think as humans, we tend to overcomplicate things, and <laughs> uh, the older I get, the more I like to make things simple. I look back on my life, and I see that the path has always been clear, and sometimes we just get fuzzy thinking and we don't want to take the path we know we should. So I realized that at every juncture in my life, there was only two options. It was sink or swim. Either this will crush you or you will move ahead. Um, so whenever there was anything scary in my life, I think the fear of failing at it was greater than my fear of anything else. So I just tried really, really hard. As Dory says, you just keep swimming. Oh, yeah. If ever there's a challenge in my life that is that seems too enormous for me, I start to do the thing where I go, well, there is right now somebody in Africa with a child dying in their arms, walking along a dusty road, hoping to find water. Or I think there's a family of six kids and a working mom doing crazy things to try to make money and they barely have enough food. And I look at my life and I'm like, you know what, I have some challenges, but it's pretty good still. And mm -hmm. I'm just in awe of people who have made it in circumstances way worse than mine. So all those people inspire me on a daily basis. Nice. That's awesome. Well, tell, tell our, our listeners here about your situation because you inspire me on a daily basis. So tell us what's going on in your life right now. Okay. It's pretty simple, actually. Um, Twelve years ago, I met a wonderful, sweet man named Steve at a piano bar in New York City, and he is a New York City native. And I was living there and working there at the time. And eventually, we got married. We've been together for 12 years, married for seven. And about five years ago, uh, he started having some neurological issues. So we took him to the neurologist, and uh, we got some kind of sad news. And they said that he had several strokes over the years that we didn't, we were not aware of. 
and that he would continue to have them most likely. He also had some early dementia. And they didn't. He, just to clarify, he's not that old, right? No, no, no. Um, he was in his 40s when he got this diagnosis. He's now uh, 54. Right. But yeah, no, he's so, not okay. an old man at all. He's still very right. much uh, in his prime. So he had since then two major strokes that completely uh, knocked him on his feet. Uh, he went from fine to not being able to get up or walk or talk or anything. But on those two major strokes, he recovered in record time. And I mean, instead of months, it took like three days. And he's back. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was crazy. He had a stroke, a big one, um, two years ago, right before a road trip we were ready to take. And the doctors were like, don't you dare take him to Michigan to a wedding. And she was like, I am getting out of this hospital. I am fine, and don't you tell me what to do, and I will get through this. And we hobbled our way across the country. And every night at the hotel, I would put him in the swimming pool, and he'd walk and try to regain his balance. And he was like a champ. Three days later, he was pretty much back. <laughs> so, yeah, he's pretty amazing. And so about early September, I think it was this year, he just sort of had a quiet day, and I had a busy day. So he's sitting on the couch, and I didn't know what was going on. And eventually I realized, as I was going in and out all day, that he had poops, like in 12 hours. So oh, wow. I tried to get him up, and he couldn't get up. When I took him in, they couldn't even find a stroke for a day or two on the scans. It was that small. But they said the cumulative effect of everything that's happened to him over the last decade had just kind of pushed him over the brink. And he eventually, over the next few days, uh, lost mobility and speech. So there was a point about a week later, um, I call it the lowest point of my life. It was a Monday afternoon, and I remember that. And I went to go see him in the hospital again, as I did every day, on their way to work. And uh, he not only didn't know who I was, he didn't even know that there was someone in the room. And he couldn't move or get up or talk. And it didn't look like he was going to come home at all. It looked like um, he might need the kind of care that I just I couldn't pull off by myself. Right. So I, I remember going out to dinner alone after that. And I was just sitting there by myself having dinner. And I, I didn't know what my next move was. I came home to my cat, Miranda. And I had a talk with her, and we sat, and uh, she laid on. When I'm having a tough time, she lays, like, on my neck. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> I'll lay on the couch, and she, like, she, like wraps around my neck. It's like a, a scarf she does. <laughs> and I was crying, and she was comforting me. And I kept going back to the hospital every day after that, and he slowly, slowly started to get better. And he got out of the hospital, and they went uh, and put him in rehab for about three weeks, and eventually he did come home. The first two weeks were very difficult. Getting somebody from a car to a wheelchair or a wheelchair to a car is an art form that takes a while to master. <laughs> and we both, we both had several mishaps. Um, he ended up on the parking lot floor several times in some really precarious places, but we got through it. <laughs> so yeah, we've had some adventures. But so we're looking at, uh, the doctors say, about a year of recovery, and that this time around it's possible for him to uh, walk again, assisted, in about a year. And he is talking again, 
And every time a glimmer of his personality comes out, it's just a joyful moment when I see the old him coming back. It's really wonderful. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad that he's he's on the mend, however slow it is. I'm sure those, yeah. those, little, those little moments give you a little spark. Did you move, because you moved to Florida, what, two years ago? Or is that uh, when I moved? 14 months ago. Right? Okay, 14 months. It was and did, over a year, hit, yeah. And did his his condition have something to do with your move? No, that is why we moved. Uh, okay. When we got this diagnosis, like five, six years ago, uh, we started making a practical plan. And uh, you live in New York City, so you know it's not cheap. <laughs> not practical either. <laughs> yeah, it's really, uh, it's a wonderful place, and it's his home. That's where he's from. And I never thought I'd leave there. I, I'm from San Diego, but I lived in New York for 17 years. Loved it, loved it, loved it. But we realized that he wouldn't be able to work and that I probably wouldn't be able to work full-time, if at all, and that's just not practical in New York City. You've got to have some serious bucks to pull that off. So yeah. we'd always liked Fort Lauderdale, and we'd been here many times together. I have friends that live here already, and we thought, you know, we could really, really, if we do it right, we can sell our property in New York City, buy a place for cash, get a car for cash, try to get our expenses down to the bare minimum, get him on disability, and then see what happens. And so I'm proud to say that even though the speed and progression of what's happened to him has been really much faster than we thought, the plan has been clicking into place perfectly. Mm -hmm. It's a little scary right now because um, uh, our income is very limited, but we're actually fine. It's kind of weird yeah. sitting around without a paycheck and being okay, but, you know, everything we had set into motion is working out. So, yeah. That's awesome. And that takes some guts, too, you know, to be, able to, to be able to do that, leave everything you knew behind for the last 17 years and venture off. Did but again, you all it was have a, swim, so that was it. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Now, did you all have, like, a family support network in New York or just big social support network? No, his um, his mother had come from Germany in 1960, and then eventually one of her sisters came and settled in New York City. Steve's mother died in the 90s, so I never met her. And then okay. he has one brother who also moved to Florida. So another bonus of moving to Florida was going to be uh, closer to his brother. So in New York, we didn't really have a lot of family. My mom's in San Diego, but we had wonderful friends that were there. But it was more of a financial thing. We knew that we had, if we're going to pull this off, we can't do it in New York. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think you probably had so, so much comfort and courage came from that plan that you all thought about it ahead of time and said, yeah. here's what we're going to do. So it wasn't yeah. a spur-of-the-moment thing. No, that was in the works for a long time. Um, well, good on you. That was a smart move, even though it was a crummy situation to have to plan for. It was, but I've told this to other people that I've met here. I've met so many amazing people. I mean, I have a new best friend that I met here, and he just he's saving my life. And I put that on Facebook once that he is saving my life. I could not do this without him. So much support, and I cry on his shoulder and all that. But I have told people that I moved here out of necessity, and I did like Fort Lauderdale. I've always liked Fort Lauderdale, but I did not expect to fall in love with it. I have. Uh-huh. And especially oh, coming from New York City, where, you know, it's amazing and magical, uh, 
to say that I have truly fallen in love with this place is great, and I have. Well, that's one of those things that people, you know, are afraid to change from what they've known and what they know they love. Um, yeah. So it sounds like there was a little fear going down there because you're like, I really love New York. How's this going to go? But it, yeah. uh, it worked out well. So well I know you have does... no fear of change. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a bit of a gypsy myself. I, I... <laughs> right, I know that. Sometimes I think what I change things live? just because uh, Fort Lauderdale. Madagascar. You haven't lived in Mas you haven't lived in Madagascar or never even or... been there. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. There's a whole continent I haven't been on. Well, I've been to Antarctica. So has it, is it Asia yeah. or Africa you haven't been to? Asia. It's Australia. Oh, Australia. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I got to get down. Well, there. Pack your bags. <laughs> let's go. I know, right? You down there. Down under. Here we go. So what does, I mean, I think you just kind of answered this, but you're in a situation where every day you're having to deal with probably scary things. And what, what helps you get through the day? Love. Oh. As, and I, I'm not talking about the romantic love for my husband. I don't mean that. That's part of it. But, um, again, the older I get, the more simple things become. And... It seems to me that uh, your course of life as a human is a battle between love and fear. And we're, we're sometimes paralyzed by fear, but love is much stronger. And it's everywhere. And sometimes when I see, quote, bad people doing bad things, I can see the fear and where it's coming from, and it makes it less scary because I understand it. But then I see strangers helping strangers, and I see the love, and I see now when I come into uh, a restaurant with a wheelchair that I'm pushing, some people are kind of annoyed because they have to move. Some people are kind of like, eh, that's kind of grody, and some people have compassion in their hearts, and some people are curious, and they want to come over and talk to us, and that's my favorite one. They want to know Steve's name, and they want to talk to him, and they tell him that he, he has a cute shirt on because it was dressing very well. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I really do see the fabric of love everywhere. So even That's though awesome. I, I do have fear at times, because everyone does, I do know that love is stronger, and I see it every single day. That's awesome. So there. <laughs> I love it. And I, and I love your philosophy of simplicity. I mean, it's just like we make it a lot harder than it needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, um, yeah, of course. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's taken me 41 years to get there, but I got there finally. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously, every once in a while, I wish that I had known 20 years ago what I know now. God, everything would have been so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I look back on things I did in my 20s. I'm just like, oh, can I please go hide somewhere? <laughs> yeah. So what does the future look like for Steve and Francois? You got fun plans over the next, over the holiday and over the next year? Well, we just got back from Houston this morning. And I go to a party there every Christmas. Um, my friend Larry has a big fancy house and a big party that he throws. It's really wonderful, about 300 people. And this was our first time traveling uh, with his disability. And I was really so stressed, and I didn't know... I didn't know how to do it. I had to call the airline and say, hi, I literally don't know what I'm doing. 
and I'm new with the wheelchair thing, so can you please walk me through the entire process? What happens at curbside? What happens at the gate? What happens on the plane? And they were very nice about it. And it turns out they're very accommodating. And they were so sweet to see at every point. They even have a special thing called an aisle chair I never heard of. For people who really have limited mobility, they can pretty much take them right to the seat down the aisle on this little scooter thing. So that was a big hurdle for us. We have another trip coming up in January. We're taking a week cruise out of New Orleans. And oh. I feel so much more confident because we're big cruisers. We've done, I think, seven or eight already together. And now I know we can fly. Uh, we can travel. I can do this. I can get into a taxi with him. It's going to be OK. Uh, so again, I was battling that fear. You know, the battle between love and fear came up again. And I was afraid because I, I have a way of doing things. You know, I like to walk into the airport with my, with my hair and my cute bag and, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, get some free drinks from the flight attendant because I'm so charming. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I had the fear of all that going away because now I'm this big lump with a, carrying a wheelchair and a, a sneezing husband and all that. <laughs> and I know it's going to be okay now. It really is. <laughs> well, and, and I'm so, it's so inspiring that you didn't let that stop you from going to this party that you go to every year. And, and honestly, yeah. based on what you've been saying, going towards more love of your friends and, and the, that group in, in Texas. Yes. I mean, I went to uh, this crazy party, and it's so much fun. But my beautiful friends in Texas, I, I should have got a picture of this, putting down the martini glasses and helping me lift the wheelchair up the front stairs <laughs> to get into the party. It's just so amazing. I was like, I love you guys. You guys are, you guys rock. <laughs> that's so, yeah, great. And time. the cruise, that's, a, that's around the warm spots down there, down the Gulf? Yeah. Uh, we've been to all the places we're going already. It's Cozumel and Grand Cayman and uh, Jamaica. So we've been to those places already, but... I think most people will stay on ship and do all the fun things there. Yeah. Well, from what I understand, there's plenty of fun things to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? When you first moved down to Florida, I felt like you were on a cruise every other week, and I thought, he moved to Florida, so he'll be closer to the cruise ship. <laughs> well, um, I actually had a cruise one day after we arrived. <laughs> and then I had another one in January. And now I have another one in January. So that's only three. That's like hardly any. Oh, okay. <laughs> hardly any. <laughs> yeah. So one last question, and, and this is a tough one, but as you look into farther into the future, um, yeah. that probably takes a lot of courage as well. Way off in the future, or maybe not, um, I have to face the possibility of being alone. Mm -hmm. It's a possibility, a real one. No. Um, but I will be older and maybe a little bit smarter by then, and I won't let fear take over. I will yeah. always let love win. <laughs> nice. Well, and, and the fact is, frankly, any of us, healthy or not, could be alone tomorrow, too. You know, it's, yeah. it's life is an unknown. Or you could be alone. I have no guarantees. Yeah, <laughs> right. 
Exactly. And that also, you know, worries me that, you know, I can't let anything happen to me because then what? <laughs> and there's, yeah, there's another thing to, to slow you down, but I see it's not. That's really, really cool. Well, I'm so glad to have taken this time, and I appreciate your honesty and your candidness and, and sharing your story with us and sharing your awesome courage and your wonderfully simple message. And I think I'd love to think that it is that simple, and I think, honestly, I think it is. Uh, any other wisdom that you'd like to share with uh, everybody that's out there scared of what's next? Whatever's coming next is coming next regardless. <laughs> You can bang your fist against the wall, but it's still coming. So I choose to not be afraid. Because whatever it is, is, is not going to get in the way of me living my life. We've all been through crazy stuff in our life. All of us have. No one's had a perfect life. And we're still here. We're all surviving. If you're still here, you're a survivor. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you can hear right now, you're right. a survivor. You made it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's such a great, that's such a great, message because worry is wasted energy because it's whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So let's not worry about it. Let's plan for it. Let's be smart about it. And let's, <laughs> let's enjoy the day and look for the love. <laughs> I will, awesome. I'll look for the love every day. <laughs> well, Francois, you're getting a ton of love from me because I appreciate your time and I appreciate you and I know Steve loves you and, and I think you're fantastic and I wish you all the best and Merry Christmas and good luck with your cataract surgery. <laughs> I can't wait. I hope so. <laughs> add, a, add a kick while you're down. Francois has been dealing with a fast-moving fast moving cataract, <laughs> so hopefully he'll be wearing the cool big shade soon as he takes Steve well-dressed into the early bird specialist <laughs> at Denny's down the street. Yeah. All right, Francois. Well, thank you so much for your time, and I appreciate it, and I know everybody listening does as well. Well, it was a pleasure. Nice talking to you, Anne.